ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. down this wall. Oh, the band is out on the field! He's gonna go into the end zone! And what you gonna do when Hulkamania? Say no to drugs. Eat my shorts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, hello and welcome to the Bastards of Babylon podcast episode Sace. For those of you who don't hablas espanol, that means six. Uh, Longhorn, man, this episode is a doozy. We had a hell of an interview, and all kudos yes. to Longhorn for setting this up. Uh, we're just doing a little quick intro to preview it for it, but uh, Longhorn, why don't you tell them about who we talked to and uh, how you kind of got a hold of them? Well, we talked to James Roguski, and um, he's, I mean, I didn't think it was going to go to all the avenues and, and places that it went, but it was fucking amazing. Great interview, lots of different little uh, places that we took it. But basically, he's dedicated most of his life to... Um, I don't know how would you characterize it because i mean he he basically is a it sounds like he's just an anti mm, the medical industry as in as in you know in the in the the true sense of the form of an industry um kind of natural medicine type person but focused mainly on what's important right now with the, with uh with the vaccines and all that he's very anti anti-vax uh but not just not just for the hell of it he, he you know he's got very specific and detailed reasons he spent most of his life digging into this so um you know it's it was it was great he's he, he's got a website that we're, we're going to promote and he promotes during the interview so I, I i truly enjoyed it i thought it was i thought it was fascinating and learned a lot of things tonight so i hope you do too absolutely and i think uh you saw him on the charlie kirk show is that correct charlie kirk show he he actually put out his phone number on the charlie kirk show who has millions of of followers and and views uh, and you know if james Roguski, if it doesn't work out for him um doing doing what he's doing now then he can certainly just be my pimp my full-time pimp because he, <laughs> he as we learned as we learned uh I am unvaxxed, so I am like I'm like just the the best bull in the in the in the lot, and uh, and then also he said, you know, the people that have the balls to actually call him uh, are the, uh, the, the 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 basically the next leaders of the free world. So, ladies, if you're listening, I mean, right here, unvaxxed, <laughs> taking charge. I am I'm the I'm the best bull. In the farm, right here. Oh, shit. All right. From our fucking stud bull to you, we hope you yes. enjoy this interview with Mr. James Roguski. James Roguski. All right, Bo Cephas, we are excited and delighted to uh, welcome to the show James Roguski. Um, did I pronounce that right? I think that's right. Roguski. Sure okay, perfect. Um, James, we talk about all the time on this show what I like to call the war on children, uh, whether it's with 
you know, the abortion, specifically late, late-term abortion, the, the drag your kids to, to pride shows that we've seen lately, whether it's CRT, trans in schools, uh, the normalization of pedoph- pedophilia. Um, but I stumbled across you and, and your kind of um, uh, what you're pushing. And I got to tell you, it kind of blew me away. And I think it's far more uh, dangerous, uh, generationally dangerous. And I'll let you kind of get into that because you can probably explain it a lot better than me. Oh, man, we can um, go down so many different rabbit holes. Um, I, I think what you're probably referring to is uh, the fraud that was just committed today and the fraud that's going to be committed tomorrow that everybody really should tune in and, and watch. Um, the FDA is in the midst of having uh, meetings with their vaccine advisory committee. Um, today, they voted uh, 22 to 0 uh, to, auth- to recommend that the FDA authorize uh, Moderna, their injectables, uh, for children that are 6 to 17. And so the details of what was discussed, um, I've actually published that on a, a blog that I have of all of the many different facts that they presented, and then pretty much just spoke words that were the opposite of what the facts actually showed. Um, and, and can, you know, it's astonishing, right? You know, the way people can lie. Um, the evidence that was presented was completely ignored was, you know, the experts without, without acknowledging that they were doing so, uh, you know, said whatever it was that they, uh, you know, that their overlords wanted them to say and um, voted to make it uh, acceptable to stick a whole different batch of crap into children's arms. And, and I'm sure that that uh, 22 to nothing um, passing was no surprise to you. Did you did you think it was going to be overwhelming like that to move forward? You know, um, the way they presented it, I thought they had 15 members and then they had 10. Uh, I thought they had 10 uh, temporary members just to mm-hmm. stack, stack the deck real good. Um, so I thought it was going to be 25 to nothing, but I guess only 22 people were there. Um, uh, you know, a lie is a lie, no matter what number you attach to it. Okay. And so, I mean, we can, we can get way down into the way that they do the lies. It's amazing. I've summarized that. If you want to get way down into that rabbit hole, we can certainly do that. Tomorrow is a bigger, more important lie, but it looks like you were going to say something. So go right Well, I, it just, I mean, I want to make sure our audience understands exactly what you're talking about. Um, we're kind of skimming around it, but basically what you're saying, because so, I thought that the, the vote was tomorrow. You're saying there was one today and there's one tomorrow. Can you explain that a little bit more? Their, their meeting was two separate days. Um, actually, technically four separate questions. And so today oh, okay. it was um, Moderna, uh, asking to get their blessing, I guess, if Satan does blessings. Um, <laughs> um, he certainly does, or else some of us would not be here, I'm just going to say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so the first part of it was to authorize, recommend the authorization of Moderna shot for um, 12 to 17-year-olds. And then the second one was a half size dose of the adult dose for kids six to 11, okay? So it was 22 to nothing on round one and 22 to nothing on round two. Tomorrow is um, Moderna for six months 
right. to five years and Pfizer from six months to four years because they're already good down to five years. Okay. And, and so today's on one level was really, really stupid because that age group has already been abused by Pfizer. And so from five on up, those children have been coerced and mandated and whatever, you know, school kids got to get shots to go to school and all that kind of stuff. So for months now, um, that age group from five, you know, school age from five mm-hmm. to 17, uh, you know, somewhere in the range of 60 or 70 percent of the population in that age group have already been jabbed. And so right. why they're bothering to approve, you know, it's like, did the 30 percent or so that didn't get jabbed, were they just waiting for Moderna? You know, well, I don't yeah. think so. I don't think so. <laughs> you, you know how that works. I mean, obviously, we'll get into that. It's all just a money grab. But I wanted, uh, are you are you expecting tomorrow's vote to be basically just a wipeout, just a, just a straight? Uh, t- tomorrow may be different because, um, and, you know, I'm putting the prayers out there and, and, and the, you know, positive mm-hmm. uh, thoughts about, you know, they're, they're venturing into, you know, um, babies. I mean, they're venturing into un, unjabbed territory, okay? But just to finish off a little bit, and we can go back to the really good details, you know, even though they showed that Moderna is more likely to cause myocarditis, right? Mm-hmm. And we've already had all kinds of, you know, kids dropping and having heart problems, all that mm-hmm. Pfizer. Um, if, if, you, if your, you know, child was waiting to get a higher level of potential myocarditis, so they wanted to skip the Pfizer jab. Well, you know, now they maybe will have the Moderna one. Um, so the insanity of it is nobody wants the damn thing. And half of their logic was, oh, well, we got to give people a choice. Well, people have already made that choice. You either forced, coerced, or hypnotized people into getting the Pfizer, or a third of the population has said, no, we're not doing it. And approving Moderna isn't going to convince those people's minds that they should do it. Yeah, but that's kind of the uh, the long term goal here is to get all this approved so that it gets uh, it gets under the you know the control of the government and um, it, it gets under the uh, Protection Act with the uh, they can't be sued. I'm sure you're familiar with the the bill yep. that the yep. government passed that you cannot sue vaccines so that they can continue to to hand this out with no repercussions. And matter of fact, the only repercussions that happen is the payouts to any victims that have side effects from the vaccines comes from the government, which from us, the taxpayers. So basically it's this vicious cycle of, you know, the government's covering for these, these big pharma companies to put these drugs into these kids. And if anything goes wrong, it's a settlement through the government with our money. What a vicious, that's horrible. And those, and those settlements are not happening. I mean, they're just, it's, this particular thing is a different, um, thing, you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with childhood, you know, all that uh-huh. sort of thing. And, and, you know, that's a battle for anybody who ever tries to make that, that battle. Okay. But this is a totally separate, you know, different system because emergency use and all that. And so, you know, that money's coming out of pocket, you know, insurance company or, or the person, you know, people are getting reamed big time with healthcare costs. It's going to destroy, I mean, talk about bankruptcy, it's going to destroy people, right? Because, you know, they're busy saying, oh, it's safe and effective, safe and effective until it's not safe for you and and you know then you're um you you can't work you you got hospital issues and you know it's it's designed to be something that they can't fix you know and and the whole design of it honestly you know if they kill somebody 
I think they think that that is a mistake because they can squeeze more money out of you if you're just you know knocking on death's door for a much longer period of time. The money keeps flowing, the money keeps flowing, the money keeps flowing until it dries up. And, and before we get any further, I want you to like kind of because you talked about you've talked about in the past. This is like an extinction level uh, problem, basically. So I want kind of get into how you've talked about with the six month olds if they if they approve this and it gets you know all the way through and approved, what that can do to uh, sticking these these kids with these hormones specifically for little girls and what it does to them as they become right. you know young women and and forth and so forth um it's got to be at least a year ago and you know these um the delivery mechanism with the lipid nanoparticles okay were designed originally to um do like cancer treatments and they wanted to be able to get into everywhere in the body including the brain right and so the lipid nanoparticles are designed so that once they get into the bloodstream, they go everywhere. Okay? Mm -hmm. and, and so part of everywhere, you know, are all the different organs in the body. And it has to be at least a, a year ago that a study came out of Japan where they, you know, they just examined, you know, what would happen with the nanoparticles. Forget about whatever they put inside of those little, little basically little fat bubbles. And, and they found in, you know, rat studies that it tended to concentrate in the liver and the spleen and the adrenal glands. And that's part of the reason why everybody's so tired. Right. But they also head to the ovaries. Right. And, and so when you start messing around with the genetic makeup of um, any cell in the body, that's one thing. But if you look at, you know, little six month old baby girls, they have little six month old baby ovaries that have little six month old baby eggs, in those ovaries. And so if these lipid nanoparticles can go everywhere, because that's how they were designed, they're going to find their way into the next generation. So you're, you're not just um, messing with a six month old baby, you're messing with, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, um, the genetic makeup of the eggs inside that someday to be hopefully young woman who would want to have babies. Right. right. And, and so, you know, to be able to say that something like that has been shown to be safe is insanity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you just can't even begin to think that somebody would be, you know, honest and serious when they're saying that, um, you know, that's on top of all of the, you know, well-known dangers. But one of the things I identified and, um, you know, I've got a handful of articles uh, with all the data, all the information, because part of what they do is they put all this data out there. But they put it out and they know that everybody's just going to go like, you know, whatever. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it, it blows your mind. Um, you know, I know how to read this stuff. And when you go looking for it and you you see like I was watching their thing today and my girlfriend would tell you, you know, I got the headset on and I'm being quiet. I'm just listening. And then I would scream because I could <laughs> see how they were doing the lies. Right. Uh -huh. And so one of the things that I found with what's coming tomorrow. Right. Is these studies were originally meant to just determine what a good dose would be, you know, Goldilocks, you know, too hot, too cold, too much, too little, you know, you've got an adult sized person, you've got a child sized person, you got a baby, right. Size. And, and so part of what they did today was they had a dose for 12 to 17 year olds. That was the same as the adult dose. And, and okay. You know, kids that size are sort of an adult size. Um, but then they had a half dose, uh, for six to 11 years old, then they're going to have a quarter of the adult dose for, um, from five 
to six months old. But the problem is a six month old average baby is 17 pounds and an average um, six year old is, you know, 40, 45 pounds. And mm -hmm. so what I identified in their data is that there's 300% more severe adverse reactions in infants because they're giving them, you know, body weight three times as much stuff. And, and, and so you, when you look at the range of kids from six months to five years, there's a dramatic body size difference. Okay. But they're only giving one size dose fits all, which is at least five times as much as Moderna's dose. Okay. Moderna um, is giving um, three micrograms and they're giving 25 micrograms. They're giving three micrograms, three doses. Moderna is giving 25 micrograms twice. So they're just guessing. They're, they're, they're just kind of like experimenting basically a little bit. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, pretty much. Yeah. You know, it, um, one of the gentlemen that I know um, really rocked their, rattled their cage today. He said that the um, FDA should change their uh, thing to the uh, JMI. They, they should be the uh, Joseph Mengele Institute. And, and that really rattled them. Because, you know, that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing experiments on people that, you know, people don't really realize. They think, oh, you know, I have to, or, you know, they're being coerced into it. But, you know, they're guessing, they're doing experiments, and apparently they get their jollies by harming people. Yeah, mostly. So, you know, yeah. now, they're, now they're coming for the babies. So, James, how long have you been doing this kind of research, like prior to um, the COVID shot or the COVID epidemic? Because, and the reason why I ask that, it's pretty well documented at this point that in the United States for the last actually greater than 50 years, we've pretty much fallen below the 2.1 optimal pairing or optimal offspring per pairing that it takes to continue any society whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so that we've fallen below and then, but then the last five years, it's been a dramatic dip. And I personally, at my age, I don't, it's hard for me to even think of a female that doesn't have to go to fertility fertility doctor or some sort of specialist or have some sort of procedure done for her and her husband or her partner to have a child, you know, quote unquote, naturally. They just, I mean, yeah. less and less women of every generation in this country are getting pregnant naturally. So I'm just wondering, like, how much uh -huh. further back is your research going? Because at this point... You know, it it seems just like a continuation of what we've been doing. Do you have any other data on any other things that we've been doing in society that would cause such a dramatic dip in our you know reproductive qualities as Americans? Basically, well, very specific with this. Um, uh, you know, I I, I remember my wake up call. Okay, um, my wake up call was I got into an argument with uh, a station manager of a road. I used to live in Rhode Island. Okay, I live in California. Now I grew up in Ohio. And uh, half my life ago, I'm 62. And about when I was 32 or three, uh, I got into an argument with a station manager at a local TV station. Long story short, he pulls me aside, um, very condescending. He puts his arm around me. He was a little bit older than me. And, and he said, listen here, kiddo. Um, <laughs> we don't we don't give an F about our viewers. You can our say advertisers fuck on pay the bills. It's okay. Yeah, keeping it, keep it in nice. Um, right. Now, now I know, now I know. Plain <laughs> um, we don't give a fuck about our viewers. 
right? <laughs> Our advertisers pay the bills around here. Yeah. You only had to tell me once. And, and from that point forward, I realized that, you know, number one, you can't believe anything you um, hear on TV or in the news or, or whatever. And, and, and so, you know, I, what I ended up doing was I went through a, a life change, moved out to California, and I actually um, worked for a number of years managing uh, a nutrition and herbal store. And I was the buyer. And so I had to be the guy who made decisions of what went on the shelf. So I'm meeting with salespeople, you know, selling herbs and nutritional products and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of bullshit there too, but there's a lot of good things that are very helpful. And, and so what I um, learned as I was going through, you know, that was my career for you know a couple of decades um, was xenoestrogens. Okay. Which are here, here's one for your viewing audience. And, you know, I think this is only comes out of my mouth. I don't think anybody else ever says this. Exclusive. There, there is exclusive. there is no there is no such thing as estrogen okay estrogen is a category there are many chemicals that have names that sound sort of like estrogen estradiol estriol you know so forth and so on um, it, it's a category there are hundreds maybe even thousands of compounds that that have an impact on the body that is estrogenic Okay. Some of them really powerful, some of them not so powerful. If you have a lot of really powerful compounds, then you get a very powerful estrogenic effect, but you can actually have compounds that are estrogenic, but very mildly. And if you get a lot of those, then you actually have a very mild estrogenic effect. They kind of counterbalance the things that are super strong. Well, there's all kinds of stuff in plastics and makeup and lotions and um, things like phthalates, which is a weird word, P-H-T-H-L-A-T-E, um, that, you know, you go back to Alex Jones, um, you know, two-year-old baby girls in the Philippines who are dealing with these plastics and these compounds get their period. Oh, my God. Okay. And it's like, now, it's, it's chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. It's like these compounds mess with the receptors in, you know, anybody's body. They mess with male receptors as well. And so here's another one that's, I'll give you another exclusive, okay? Now, I don't know. Um, um, there are people who go hunting and, and like, you know, if you're hunting for food um, or hunting for sport, but then, you, you know, you, you eat what you kill. Um, typically, the challenge is to get like the buck, you know, if you're hunting deer, you, you know, you get the buck with the big, you know, antlers, whatever. Um, Farmers don't grow for consumption male domesticated animals. You don't eat rooster, okay? You don't eat bull, right? You don't mm -hmm. eat ram, right? You eat girl meat. Mm -hmm. You eat hens and cows and sows and, you know, maybe pigs, a little bit of both, okay? But you're eating estrogen. I mean, the, the meat that we as a culture eat, um, you know, somebody at one point told me, um, you are what you eat. Okay. I mean, that's a common thing. People have heard that, but you know, they said, um, look at the character of the animal that you eat and the compounds that make that animal behave the way they behave. Right. And I actually ran into this where a person, you know, he had experienced it. Um, he had learned that there were certain proteins that 
you know, affected him differently. And there's all kinds of nutritional compounds that affect your mood and, and your energy levels and all that sort of stuff. And all you got to do is think of a fish, right? So you, there's all kinds of different fish. Now, fish, I don't, I don't know how to tell a boy fish from girl fish unless they got eggs on the inside, okay? But um, there are some fish that are lazy, and they just kind of hang out in the bottom. <laughs> Those okay? are the male fish. I don't, I don't know. You know. Those are the male yeah. fish. Probably, probably. No, but there's, you know, there's, there's species, <laughs> right, um, that they're, they're just hanging out. They're just, you know, kind of they eat whatever comes at them, you know, they'll, they'll like grab you real quick or something like that. Um, but then there are fish like salmon, you know, man, you know, swimming all the time, swimming against rivers, swimming up, you know, through the rapids and, and all stuff. They have to have enormous amounts of energy. You look at other fish like marlin or tuna or whatever, you know, swim 20, 30 knots, you know, per hour. Um, their muscle has compounds in it that if you eat that before you go to bed, you're not going to be able to sleep, okay? Because it's like, go, 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 right? If you want, I don't know if it's grouper or whatever, you know, catfish or something, okay? Um, it, it'll tend to, to make you sleep. So all protein is not the same, right? And, and so there's a difference between eating rooster and eating hen. There's a difference between eating cow and eating bull, right? I don't know too many people eat, you know, male animals. But as a culture, we're surrounded by plastics that have because the question that I'm answering is, you know, when did my research, where did this all start? Okay. Um, probably I learned about it in the 90s because that's when I had my um, wake-up call about um, the TV station. And that's when I started getting into nutrition and all that. So in the 90s, you know, I was learning what people had studied in the 80, studied in the 80s. And, you know, they're finding all these plastics, all these chemicals, um, women in makeup and all that kind of stuff. Um, lotions, they, they have these emulsifiers that mess with your hormonal balance. And so to tie those two, like to tie what you're saying, like, like the plastics and all that, to tie that together with what I'm assuming, is this like a prediction, what you're saying, what will happen with well, these here's, Pfizer here, drugs? Here's, here's what I learned, you know, 30 years ago from what research people had done 40 and 50 years ago. If a pregnant woman is using these chemicals being exposed to these chemicals whether it is um and don't even get me started on birth control pills okay mm -hmm. because they're hormones they're they're not natural hormones they're artificial hormones they're xenoestrogens right what percentage of our population has taken um, birth control pills from god knows when age whatever you know 16 or almost all of them yeah. almost all, all of them, them. okay Oh, that doesn't mess up anybody's body. Right. Right. All of them right. know. You, anyway. you, you, you trick your, <laughs> a woman tricks her body for decades yeah. into thinking that it's pregnant, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then Makes tries, sense. and then tries to turn that off and think everything's going to just all magically be fine and dandy. You know, the month after she stops taking <laughs> that's, the pill. That's a great fucking okay. point. That's a great point. And I've, I've actually seen a study on that. It's very. I don't know uh, if you meant to say it was a great fucking point, but, but that's a that's a. <laughs> he did. Point. He it, definitely yeah. did. <laughs> well, it's a great fucking point because you wanted to be on birth control at the time, but regardless, anyway, uh, I've yeah. seen that study it, and it's a fallacy. I've, yeah. I've seen that study, and I've actually seen it tied to, uh, you know, males, you know, powerlifters, athletes, whatever, that have taken you know testosterone boosters or testosterone. Mm -hmm whatever, just injections in general, 
and how it literally just disseminates your sperm count, you know, and they take it for how many ever years they compete or whatever it is. And some leagues it's legal, some whatever, it doesn't matter. But then afterwards, mm -hmm. you know, when they're, you know, if they're rich and famous, right, they've taken these steroids for so long, yeah, their sperm count is disseminated. But if they want to get married and have a baby, they just have the sperm extracted, take it, put it with the eggs, do the thing that they do at the hospital, the, you know, the insemination, sure, and they, sure. they make it work. But to your point, it's the study that I read is tied exactly to that birth control and, uh, you know, males taking these, you know, testosterone enhancement products, it's the same kind of exact thing to where it's just basically tricking your body for so long to that the medicine's going to make the hormones you don't need to. So then when you get off of them, your body's like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck to do now because that you've been, you've been doing it for me. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, exactly. And so to tie this all together, um, where this really, you know, made me take notice 25 or so years ago, was um, there's a Dr. Lee, he's since passed away, but you know, he was one of the first ones to study natural progesterone, okay? Because a lot of the birth control pills have an artificial progesterone and then the balance gets way off. But what he was really, the one that just really woke me up was if a pregnant woman who has obviously a fetus growing inside of her and that fetus inside of, if it's a girl, has eggs growing inside the fetus. So these plastics and xenoestrogens and artificial hormones, they don't just get into the mom. They don't just get into the baby. They get into the baby's ovary. They get into the eggs. You're talking about a multi-generational problem where the grandkids could have trouble because the eggs were messed up when mom was, when grandma was pregnant. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I'm 62. I think you guys are younger than me. Um, you know, Think back, you know, to your mom, um, women of that age, that time period, whenever that was, right, birth control pills were all over the place. People were probably taken, you know, the vast majority of people. And so it's my belief, try to prove this, you know, 50 years later, it's, you know, it, all, all you can ever do is some kind of epidemiological statistical probability study because you can't, like, trace it all back one person mm -hmm. um, we've been messing with um the that's going on now is this is bill gates kind of <laughs> got his fingerprints on any of this well one of the issues with the whole spike protein and um the injections and all that sort of stuff there's you know relatively decent argument that there are proteins on a placenta that are similar enough that if you had triggered an immune response to the spike protein, those antibodies might mess with the proteins on a placenta. And so now your immune system is making it impossible for a, a, you know, a fertilized egg to even get started, okay? And, and so, you know, all of this is stuff that, um, you know, even if you had, I mean, how do you do that study? Right? How, do, how do you do the double-blind placebo-controlled study over generations where well, nobody's yeah. funding it? I, mean, you know? and, 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 I, I think to kind of bring your point together is just the fact, like I said, you can see there's a very clear data chart greater than the last 50 years. Our pairing has been going down. It's actually been under the 2.1. And again, it's dropping more and more drastically 
over the last five to seven years. So I don't, I mean, you can do all the studies you want to, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, we're big football fans. At the end of the day, you can say this team can do this and this team can do that, but who won the fucking game, right? And obviously we're losing the game. So we're going to lose the game. Whatever we're doing fundamentally, like you're saying, it's obvious that what we've been doing as a society is very counterintuitive to our survival as a species. And I've even seen Elon Musk tweet this many times that as a human species, we are on the road to extinction. And I saw a study even come out of China, which, you know, China releases nothing. I even saw a study come out of them that, you know, they're going to three kids now preparing because their population has is started to see a decrease. A billion people has started to decrease somehow, some way. I mean, if you let, you know, five rabbits go out in the woods, they're never going to decrease ever. You're going to have a million rabbits as long as there's no coyotes or anything else around to eat them, right? That's how nature takes care of itself because the predator and prey, we don't have that problem. We're out of the food chain. Our problem is us. And I don't think that any amount of studies is really needed. If you just look at the data, like I said, again, of the parents, and if you talk, sure. talk sure. about China, China, for God's sakes, a billion people, and they're having to up the kid limit because they're like, <laughs> yeah, we're running out of people. Like that, that should be enough to show everybody that we have a problem and I mean, I think it's everything—the confluence of everything that you've said. Well, they're they're running, they're running into the um, the geriatric issue, where you know, the generations that are older, because the younger generations only had one, uh, there aren't enough kids. There aren't enough kids to pay the retirement. You know, I mean, that's the yeah. problem we kind of have. Um, we're we're importing younger people, is what we're doing. Okay, you know, yeah. that's how they're dealing with it here. One hundred percent. But uh, what it. What it really boils down to, in addition to all of that, is, you know, you throw a bunch of pesticides and, and, and stuff. You know, I, um, I, I have a little bit of a garden that's been neglected because I've been working so much on all of this. And, year and about a year and a half ago, um, I uh, had heard that our local park had um, uh, a compost thing that you could go and get, you know, compost that they prepare. And, and they had wood chips and all that sort of stuff. And I was actually trying to grow some um, uh, wine cat mushrooms. And so I needed some wood chips, right? So one of the things that uh, a lot special of special mushrooms, will... <laughs> no, mushroom? no special mushrooms, okay. just some good edible mushrooms. <laughs> if I knew, if I knew how, okay. If I knew how maybe but, um, <laughs> the, the issue was um, I had been, you know, watching a lot of gardening videos and all that kind of stuff. And um, there was, there's actually a problem out there with people using, uh, hay or straw, um, they put these pesticides on uh, the hay and, and wheat and, and grains um, essentially to dry them because if you, if you harvest wheat and it's damp, it'll get moldy, right? So they spray this crap on um, everything, including hay. And what happens is they use it for the bedding for horses. And there's a lot of um, equine there's a lot of you know horse uh, stuff here where i live and what people would do is they would get the manure with the hay and and um have it for compost and you know people using their garden and people's gardens were just dying right and what was happening is the chemical could be eaten as hay by the horse or or um cows or whatever um and and the bedding that they would use the straw would be the same thing and the chemical doesn't get degraded in the 
alimentary canal of the horse or the cow, they poop it out in the manure. And people are thinking they're all oh, being all organic and they got this manure and all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and, and so when people would put that on their garden, they ruined their entire yard because they, I mean, it doesn't degrade. And so it's a kind of um, herbicide. I think I said pesticide. I meant to say herbicide um, that if, if anything has a leaf on it, as opposed to a grass or, or, you know, a grain um, wipes it out. And, and so people's gardening was just trash. They're trying to be organic and the manure and the straw and, and the hay that they're buying. Um, so when I went to go get some wood chips, wood chips are still cool. It's just, you know, whatever the trees and stuff they cut, they had compost there. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. It's like, so I asked the guy and they had a list of, you know, well, what did they put in their compost? Well, they put um, sewage refuse in with the hay and the manure. And I'm like, thanks, I'll make my own, right? You know, it's like, you got to be careful because, you know, that sort of stuff, what those herbicides do is they lock up minerals. And so people who are eating oats and any other kind of grains, um, they're eating some residue of these herbicides and it's leaching zinc and other minerals out of their system. And then you wonder why your nutritional status and, you know, zinc is really important in sperm count. And, and so all of the pesticides and the herbicides that are in the food supply, I mean, unless you're growing your own and you're really careful, um, the food you're eating is sucking nutrition out of you. And if, if you're nutritionally deficient, your body's going to not want to make babies because you don't even have enough for yourself. It's just everywhere. Yeah. And, and so to avoid what sounds like the end of the world in, in the next in the next few decades, what can we do right, uh, with what you're doing? Jesus. Well, I mean, this, I mean, one of the people that called me up because I, I get my phone number every time I'm on a show like this, I get my phone number. One of the people who called me up is starting, uh, um, uh, you know, dating service for people who aren't jab, right? And so, uh, oh, okay. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm, I know there's a handful of them out there. Um, Unjab.com you know, or uh, they're still in the process of doing it. Not right? that clever. Not that <laughs> clever. Right, right. Um, but no, in all seriousness, you know, from a from a mental, um, emotional view of the world, um, you know, I'm I'm in a wonderful relationship. It wasn't of any interest to me, but the whole point is. For people who are going to want to be hanging around, you know, I plan on living on the planet for as long as possible. For people who are not in a relationship and they want to be around, 75% of the population just excluded themselves from your life because, you know, if you think a certain way and they think a different way, mm -hmm. um, you know, you got to scratch your head and go, hey, um, what else, you know, what else are we going to have an argument about? Is that really... What's up, ladies? Unjabbed right here. I mean... <laughs> Like, like a prize bull. It's like a prize bull over here. <laughs> no, oh, in, in all seriousness, um, you know, uh, one a, a couple that I knew uh, a number of years ago. Um, this is maybe going off on a tangent, but it really is. It, it, it's a real thing. Um, there's four blood types, right? Type A, type B, type O, and type AB, right? And so, if you actually look at people who have um, gotten married or in a long-term relationship, whatever, very often um, people who are blood type AB 
will just gravitate to people who are also blood type AB. And, you know, the odds of that are like one in a couple of thousand that that would happen, right? But mm -hmm. for some reason, <laughs> I mean, genetically, they have that similarity, right? Just that blood type, not the other ones? Um, the other ones have bigger percentages, so the odds are better, right? You know, I think there's only like maybe 5% of people are AB or maybe even less than that. And so for the odds of them to match up is, you know, it's pretty rare. Mm, yeah. You know, like blood type O is like 40%. So you got like a 40% random chance. But, mm. you know, 5% of people meeting up with 5% of people, yeah. that, you know, that's like not supposed to happen. But it happens, you it's know, like the Lions far, won the Super Bowl. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I mean, usually, usually the blood types I try to go after are the ones that don't have diseases. But you know, it's it's you know you, well, it's, 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 you can't you get know, them all. Off, off the top of my head, I can't pick the, I can't pick the proper team. But you know, it's like the Lions playing somebody else in the Super Bowl who shouldn't be there either. Right? I would say the Bengals, the but they just went. The Lions versus the Jets, go, the Jets in the Super Bowl. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Yep. So, so in all seriousness, I mean, I know we joked about it, but like what you're saying, it, it could be catastrophic for future generations. What can we do other than just spread the word and fight back as much as possible? Because if they pass these, uh, they go through these stages and, and pass this down to six month old babies, they'll, if it gets approved, they're going to, are they going to maybe say, Hey, you can't go to school unless you got, unless your kids have this jab and, and you can't get welfare, government welfare checks, whatever the case may be, however they can enforce it to make sure Big Pharma gets their, their money. If it gets to that point, what is our pushback on this? What, what can we do? Well, that's right now, that, anybody, you know, right, we're quick. recording this. So I don't know when you're all are going to publish this. Um, tomorrow is when this is going down. Um, all the information I have on a site, um, oppose the fraud.com O P P O S E the fraud f-r-a-u-d.com and and don't do a search for it they'll show you everything else in the world just type in http colon slash slash oppose the fraud.com it'll take you right there um even if people see this later you know after mm -hmm. they've had their agreement um the advisory committee is just an advisory committee it's the fda who actually makes the decision and signs the document and all that sort of stuff the government has already purchased 10 million doses so I don't know what that tells you, okay? Mm, no really. But really the issue is, you know, maybe for the 25, 30, 40% of parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles who, you know, have, it's not school so much as it is preschool and daycare kind of thing, right? And, and so what I would tell people right now is uh, if, if you have children between six months and, um, well, you know, between birth and five years, because in six months, there'll be six months, right? And so then it'll be available. So if you have a child under five or six, um, and, and there's any kind of daycare or schooling involved, um, get on it now and, and get with whoever it is that does that type of care for you. And, you know, hey, um, are you ever going to have it be that my kid has to have a COVID jab to be in this um, situation? Because, you know, the coercion that they're going to do if this is where this goes is, oh, well, you know, there's going to be a lot of daycare people who are just crazy. And they're going to be like, oh, you know, my other crazy parents, you know, three quarters of my crazy parents want, you know, all kids to be jabbed. So we're going to have to not let you be in because three quarters of the kids here are jabbed. So you got to make that, those arrangements now. Um, think about, you know, where you're taking your kid. If 
if you're taking your child to a place that's caring for them and that's their mindset, you know, do you really want them there in the first place? You know, so get moving now, you know, get them into a place that um, the person who's teaching your child, you know, at that young age is on board with what you want them to be learning. I also say at a state level, uh, that's where it's really going to come down to. Because if you look at what DeSantis did in Florida, you know, when he threatened to take back the $25 million um, state check from the Special Olympics, because, Uh you know, they were going to make all of their athletes have the COVID shot to compete in the Special Olympics. And he said no. And they said, we'll think about it. And then it came down to a week before the event. And he found out that they're still requiring that yeah. he was like well fuck you then you don't get the money because all these parents have petitioned me <laughs> that we're not going to do this and then you know the special olympics did cave and say okay they don't have to take it and there was a whole press conference all these parents were so thankful to him for not making their kid take the shot you know to participate so what you can do definitely they is have, fight they at your it, state level they have it hard yeah they have it hard enough i mean you know they've had to deal with special situation yeah. Um, let's let's make their life harder my god no no for no reason for no yeah. reason um so but so, I, you know it's i'll bring up another point though with you and it's just kind of and if anybody thinks that this isn't going to affect them or whatever as a parent you know you always want to do what's best for your kid right and as a parent you're just a dude or just a woman you're not a scientist you're not a doctor so the doctor says hey this is what's best for your baby or your kid most likely you're gonna listen and uh you know if you look at just the i'll I'll bring the peanut kids for example right i call them the peanut kids um since about the year 2000 like when i was growing up there was no such thing as a peanut kid no such thing as a peanut allergy or any shit like that right but since the year 2000 Mm -hmm. we've had like a 300 percent spike in that or whatever and I actually met one of these children a few weeks ago, and I won't go into the story, but I met them, and they were graduating from college, and it was a real, like, if she ingested peanuts, like, she really could die. And I watched an actual mm-hmm. documentary over her, and they were trying to, desperately trying to find what is causing this spike of the peanut allergy kids. And basically what they found is that... Around 2008, 2009, they were doing all these studies in India. They had not seen the growth in the peanut kids that we had here in America. There basically was still nothing. And one of the things they found was one of the most popular snacks in India to give to, you know, a kid is some sort of peanut butter sort of snack or whatever. Pretty much every kid eats that for breakfast, right? And Mm -hmm. so they thought about, well, what if we just have them try the food? right and see if they can kind of get over it and now in small doses what what the treatment actually is now today is to whatever your allergy is peanuts whatever it is they actually inject you with a very small amount of it and and test you and see your reaction mm-hmm. and then you get more and more and that they, they had adults on there <clears throat> now they're like hey i could die of a peanut now you know i started eating you know they inject me a little bit then i could eat a couple of peanuts and then i could eat a pack of peanuts now i can have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like eventually you bring your immune system back because basically we have de-evolved our children through keeping mm. them away from things mm. and what the scientists were saying was that bubble we, child. We, we had basically destroyed the flora inside of our intestines you know that was meant to take care of 
anything that we ingest or anything that we do that was basically meant to eat that shit up and make it because i mean we i say it all the time we act like we weren't meant to be here we act like we weren't meant to live on this planet with all these things that we have naturally now if you snort cocaine or smoke crack yeah that's gonna fuck you up but anything that we naturally grow on this planet we're supposed to be able to be here and get you know pretty much be all right so what we've done as a society because all this fear-mongering and again i don't blame the parents because you're a parent i mean you want your kid to be you know okay all you know is your kid's sick you don't know why the doctor says hey no more fucking peanuts or whatever it is and you're like all right fine no more peanuts like no more peanuts forever like ban peanuts pan peanuts yeah. of airplanes and they have all these activist groups and we just so overreact in the society to every fucking thing when in essence oh, yeah. what they found now yeah. is that they just yeah. let the kids kind of exist in the natural state they're supposed to be they're gonna pretty much be all right at least with some treatment we'll bring them back around so i mean i, I think you, it's, you, you hit on a you hit on a very important topic you said stuff about uh, digestive system and so um Back in the day when I was um, managing a nutrition store, we, we had a licensed clinical nutrition. We would do blood tests and did a lot of allergy testing, not scratch testing on the skin, but, um, you know, blood testing. Right. And so long story short, if people's digestive function is messed up, which almost everybody, um, you know, to, to my memory, I do not believe I have ever taken any antibiotics in my entire life maybe when i was an infant maybe somebody gave it to me but you know certainly as an adult i've never touched the stuff and so the rampant use of antibiotics has messed up everybody's digestive system and so we would see people who were allergic to broccoli and tomatoes and whatever and, and the whole point is if you're having an immune response to a food that you know should be a good you know everybody says a good food right it means that you're not digesting it it's getting into your bloodstream and your immune system is being forced to do the job that your digestive system hasn't been doing you get people focused on their biome what's going on in your gut you back off of the antibiotics you put some probiotics in you take some digestive enzymes when you're digest and you know if you're missing minerals like zinc and all that sort of stuff um people taking antacids, which are an abomination. So their stomach doesn't do the basic digestion. So part of it is people don't know how to eat. They, they have lost their ability to properly digest food. Undigested food is going to cause nothing but problems. Part of that is exactly what you're talking about, these ongoing allergies. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Dr. Shankara Chetty. Um, I wrote an article uh, on my um, Substack. Um, I, I count him as a good friend. I can, I can talk to him. He's in South Africa. Um, he realized that people don't die from the virus SARS-CoV-2. They don't die from that. What he He's had well over 10,000 patients, and not one of them has gone to the hospital because what he's identified is that when the viral phase of it is over, everybody, you know, you get the aches and the pains, you get the flu, you get a cold, you know, whatever this may be. That isn't the problem. The problem that's a killer is a certain percentage of people at about day eight, right? So he warns his patients, you're going to go through, you know, not a fun time for a week, but then you're going to maybe think you're getting better. But for maybe five or 10% of those people, this immune response, this allergic response, this um, cytokine storm and histamine release is going to whack them on the eighth day. And they're going to head downhill fast 
and there's things that can be done, you know, steroids, antihistamines, you know, anti-allergy type things. And, you know, he's probably saved hundreds of people's lives because they get through the first week, like a cold or flu, and they think they're good, but then boom, it hits them like a ton of bricks. And American doctors have no clue. They don't have any clue about allergies. They don't have any clue about gut. They don't have any clue about digestion, you know, none of that stuff. And, and, and so, do they not have Dr. A Fauci, they don't want a clue? Dr. Fauci knows everything. I mean, just <laughs> ask him. He'll tell you. He'll no, tell you. He knows it's it all. not true. <laughs> My God. I, I, wrote a, I wrote a book about a dozen or more years ago. Um, I've always given it away for free. Anybody can go to the website of the same name, yourdoctorisaliar.com. <laughs> okay. I stand by it. Um, that particular book is very much specifically about cholesterol okay if, if if you're having a conversation with somebody about cholesterol um call me up my phone number is 310-619-3055 i'll set them straight it is a lie all the way from the 50s and it just continues it's amazing okay and i first learned about it when we were doing these blood draws you know where i was working and you know they would just to show how old i am they'd come through on the fax machine okay and you know i'd have to file them away where they went. And, you know, I glanced at one of them and you can do this with anybody, right? They have a, a number for HDL and LDL and total cholesterol and they never add up. And so I'm curious, I'm like, well, how come they don't add up? So I asked the nutritionist, you know, she didn't know, um, look it up, couldn't find it in a book, called the laboratory, they didn't know. They referred me to somebody who referred me to somebody who referred me to somebody. And I'm like, you know, why don't these numbers add up? They go, oh, that's not what that is. That's not cholesterol. That's just made up. What are you talking about? So down the <laughs> rabbit hole I went, okay? Um, it isn't what you think it is at all, okay? Um, if, if you can think of a word that has more than one meaning, okay? Um, you know, cooler, right? Cooler. Cooler means I feel cooler or it's a cooler or there's a big cooler or a small cooler. I mean, you know, Any homonym. Like if I... If, if I look, well, not even, not even hominins, but yeah. But if, if I look outside of my house and I say, you know, I'm thinking about the tree that's outside my window, right? You're not thinking of a persimmon tree because that's what's outside my window. You're thinking about whatever kind of tree you're thinking about, right? And, and so when your doctor uses the word cholesterol, he doesn't actually mean cholesterol. It's a totally different thing that he's talking about. And you didn't get the memo. So, is that is that stem from like someone some big pharma selling a bunch of pills or a bunch of medicine to fight quote unquote cholesterol? Bingo. Bingo. Okay, yeah, that Bingo. makes sense. Like if we could scare you into thinking that this concocted equation of something that we pretend to measure in your blood scares the crap out of you, but here's the poison that'll make that number go down. Oh uh, man! Now now you're on now you're on the downward spiral. Okay, um, and, and oh, it's the system that is geared. That spawned the war on eggs, right? Back in the day, there was there was a war on eggs. Eggs, eggs and fat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Eggs are eggs are wonderful. I mean, mm -hmm. in my yeah. search with that, I, I came upon this guy who had eaten like at least two dozen eggs a day for like his whole life, right? And he was just perfectly healthy. And what so an egg eggs head. are wonderful. It, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but actually, that would be a compliment because all the fats and stuff that you know. But, but there's eggs and then there's eggs, okay? You know, are, are your eggs from hens that are running around, you know, in a field and eating bugs and, 
you know, getting good nutrition or are they factory farmed and just, you know, horrible. Right. And so, eh. but no, it's the, the lies are so deep. They go so far, but the whole cholesterol thing started in the fifties and there were people who shouted about it when it was first started. Um, but you know, they realized they can make money off of it. And then at some point, you know, a generation goes by and everybody just does what they're told to do. And, you know, that's how we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. Oh, you know, everybody always, you know, they said, right. That's what they say. Right. It's like, well, who the hell are they? What are they? Yeah. The, the experts. I mean, just listen to the experts. That's all you got to do is that we all know the experts take care of all of us. Uh, both of us. Is there any, any more? I'm not, I'm out of questions. You're a fascinating guy, James. I think, I think the work that you're doing is, is, uh, is meaningful and, and uh, tremendous. Not a lot of people know this information. Let me, so. let, let me get, let me get straight to, you know, the stuff that's at hand tomorrow. Okay. okay. And whenever this, you know, is, is put out there, the information will still be important because, um, really the audience is for just regular old people who are going to be faced with liars who are going to lie, you know, to try to get them to do something that they probably their heart know is wrong to do, but it's doubly super wrong to do it to your baby. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, you know, I, I, I don't have children, but I couldn't imagine somebody who's working for a living. Um, they, they need their kid to go be taken care of for preschool, daycare, whatever. Um, and they're going to be dealing with somebody saying, oh, you know, we say that you've got to do this to your child. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, a, you know, I, I get it. That's a tough spot to be in. Right. And, and so uh, go to oppose the fraud.com. Give me a call at 310-619-3055. Text me, you know, I'll get a text. I might be on the phone. I might not be able to pick it up but I've met some of the most amazing, wonderful people. You guys probably called me somehow or texted me or something. I that's did. It. I did. <laughs> that, that's how it happened. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I'll give you another, um, another plug for your, your potential dating. Um, <laughs> people who don't have balls, don't call me. Right. No, it's, I'm sorry. It's, say it again. Say that again. Don't have balls. Don't pick up the phone and call me. Right. It, it's amazing to me, right. That people in this, now are, are like afraid to make a phone call, right? And, and so what I have found is that people who don't give a shit are probably not watching this show, mm -hmm. right? And people who really don't give a shit are, won't, won't call me. And so the only people who ever call me are generally pretty cool people, right? right. And, right. and so, you know, my life is getting better because people who care are, are you know, give me a, a call and we talk about whatever is important to them most times they're pretty cool. They know stuff. I don't know. I know some stuff they don't know. You put it all together. Those kinds of connections we, we need to make more of because, you know, probably two thirds to three quarters of everybody um, is probably out of your dating pool. You know, it's like, Oh, you did that to your kids. Oh man. You know, right. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better but then it's going to get better because, you know, I see this as um, it, it's a form of um, not necessarily evolution, but um, it, it's potentially an extinction level event. And, and the people who are doing this to themselves and doing it to their children, um, it, it's a strange self-induced calling of the herd, you know, and I've tried my best for the last two and a half years to tell people, don't do it. You know, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, 
but they choose to do it. And either they're right and they're going to live and procreate and be the humans that populate the planet going forward or people who made better choices um, and, and, you know, haven't done that to themselves, haven't done that to their body um, are going to be healthier and have more babies. And maybe, you know, the next generation will actually be smarter because of this. Yeah. I, I hope well, hopefully, I, hopefully it's speed. Go ahead, Bo. I was just going to say, I have zero faith in that. This, this cycle is repeated. Like you said, <laughs> the fifties with cholesterol, you know, whatever you want to say about the eighties to the nineties, like I said, all the way to the peanut kids starting in 2000. Like I said, this particular person I'm talking about that I met was born in 2002, her whole generation is peanut kids. Right. And they're just now, like I said, just now about seven, eight, nine years ago, starting to say, Hey, maybe, maybe taking all the peanuts away wasn't the right thing. Just like now everybody's kind of realize like maybe sending everybody home and covering everybody with masks and injecting with shots. And I don't call it a vaccine. It's a fucking shot. Like it's a, it's just like a flu shot. It's a shot because a vaccine, I've been vaccinated from polio, the measles, smallpox and tuberculosis. And I guarantee you, sir, I've never had any of them. Not once. Not one time, but yet also, Prime also Minister AIDS. Canada. Don't forget, don't forget your age shot that you got. You, the age you shot works. The age shot yeah, does work. But need... anyway, <laughs> the Prime Minister of Canada has been vaccinated and boosted four fucking times, and yet he's had COVID three fucking times. So tell me again <laughs> how you can possibly qualify something as a quote unquote vaccine. When it prevents nothing, it does nothing. It's a shot. Maybe it just like the flu shot. It might milden right? Your, your, uh, symptoms. Sure. Great. But is that really worth doing well, that actually, to your, the, point, to your data, body? The data out of England shows that people who were triple jabbed, um, see effectiveness, effectiveness is an interesting word. Effectiveness can be positive, but it can also be negative. And in England, a triple jab has 400, a negative 400% effectiveness. <laughs> Kid you not, this is all in their data. Um, People who are triple jabbed in England are four times as likely to catch COVID as somebody who's never been jabbed because it wrecks your immune system. You get another yeah. one and another one and your immune system is trashed. And, uh, you know, that's the net result. And they actually put that in the report today in the FDA. They had charts that showed that people who were double and triple jabbed had negative effect well, meaning they, they were more likely to catch Omicron, right and and they actually showed it and it's in their document i put it up on my analysis on my on my substack jamesruguski.substack.com and they just went don't look at that we, we approved <laughs> approved doesn't matter but it's right there and you know i'm watching it going well look at that you know they're telling everybody but you know, people aren't going to watch it. And if they watch it, they're not going to, right. you know. And, 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 and the news isn't going to show it. Like uh, all the mainstream news is not going to show it. it and that's why it's important to go to your point, Bo Sebas, what you're talking about is like, there's wider ranges of people to get their news now, not just from the mainstream media, like, you know, you know podcasts and YouTube shows are taking over. And hopefully the goal is that you can spread the word in a more, um, you know, a fair way, I guess, you know, whether, whether people accept it or not, that's up to them still, but at least hear the other side, you know, in, in any of these big decisions that you're making for yourself and for your family. And, and you don't so, have to be an ep um, epidemiologist you know, you guys, to know that 
Okay, the more times you inject yourself with a strand <laughs> of the virus, the more the virus that you have in you, the more likely you are probably susceptible <laughs> to the virus. Like that, that <laughs> makes so much sense that it makes sense that people don't get it. If that if that makes any sense. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm a believer that um, and, and it it, gets, it enables me to have forgiveness and and compassion for people who've made decisions that I. I wish they hadn't made for themselves, but you know I, I think they're under a form of hypnosis. And if you went to a show, and and your buddy was hypnotized, and and they gave him an instruction to like steal your wallet or something, you know, it, it'd all be funny because it's all for fun. But you wouldn't be mad at him because he was under the influence of hypnosis, right. and he did and he did something. And so that's how I look at at people who make decisions that you know I think are not the decision I would make for myself. It's the hypnotists that are, right. are, are worthy of, you know, um, being taken to account for it. Um, they're lying to people. And, and yeah, you know, maybe people should be able to figure it out, but they're tired. You know, they get programmed. The TV just keeps hitting them. You know, Fauci keeps doing it. Everybody, their neighbors, their friends, everybody else. Um, and like I said, it, it, like a, parents, that's their children. They're scared for their children. Yeah. That's a natural instinct. There's no, there's no shame in that at all. You're going to do whatever. I mean, you, you pay money to go to a man or a woman who has all these fucking degrees on the wall, right? They went to all these medical schools. You know, they're a lot smarter than you. They're supposed to be more educated than you. Yet you're going to listen to what they say. Why wouldn't, why, why else would you pay money to go to, that's like paying money to go to, to a, a financial, you know, an, or yeah, like a financial analyst and say, and he's like, oh, yeah, you should invest in this and this and this. And like, yeah, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I'm going to go invest in this. I'm like, no, you're not going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. So, uh, yes, of course, you can't blame the parents. Like you said, it's the messenger. It is the messenger because overall, that is who's trying to control everyone's mindset. And they do it through fear mongering with children. And, that, and, that's, yep. the, and they, that's what they know because us as adults, we can make our own decisions. But the children get their decisions get made by parents and parents are scared and they're going to do what they are told is best for their children. And then as a natural instinct, and there's nothing wrong with that. But like you said, they need this information so they make the right decision. Yep. Yep. And, and so, you know, my advice for people about health has become very simple. Um, your doctor is a liar. There's no doubt about it because the system in which they work, now there are a couple of exceptions. Okay. But get a different opinion from a different kind of practitioner, whether you go to a naturopathic doctor, a homeopath, a Chinese practitioner, a acupuncturist, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, if you just go back to another MD, you're going to get the same opinion from a different person. Okay. And if you understand how their system works, you know, I haven't been to a medical doctor since I was a teenager and you could not pay me to go. Haven't taken any drugs, haven't taken any antibiotics. I understand how their system is designed to make you sick. And the reason I'm healthy is because I don't go to doctors. Okay? It's the broken leg fallacy, right? Like, like you, uh, you, you introduce something that breaks your leg so that you can go to the same person that fixes it. So it's like they're introducing thing that, that makes you sick so that they can it's, it's do all things to fix you. Mechanic putting sugar in your gas tank when he's working on your car, yeah. that kind of stuff, oh, you know, you better come and, back so I can fix it, I guess. Oh, yeah. You're going to have a problem. You know, you got to get a new this or that. Yeah. And, and, and so the system that we live under 
is not a health care system. It's not even a disease management system. It's a disease creating system. And the jabs fit the same model, okay? They convince you that you need it for a problem that you don't have. And when you do it, you have a whole bunch of more problems. And mm-hmm. those problems are really good for their hospital, medical, pharmaceutical, media, government, industrial complex, which is five times bigger than the military industrial complex. And when people realize that, when you realize that what has actually caused our $30 trillion deficit, if you go and you look it up, right, the money that has not ever been allocated for all of the healthcare programs that the federal government has adds up pretty close over the years to $30 trillion. And so it's not taxpayer money. It's made up fake money, okay, that at some point it's all going to crash and burn and everything's going to go to hell because you can't, you know, where are you going to get that made up money? But the deficit of unallocated funding for all of the medical payments, and now it's on steroids. I mean, you know, with the CARES Act, I don't know if you guys know this, but any hospital, if somebody's in a hospital for anything, anything at all, if they stick a something up your nose and they run it through a whole bunch of cycles with a PCR test and they go, Ooh, you look like you've got COVID. I know you're here for a heart transplant or whatever it might be, but you got COVID. <laughs> they get a 20. They get it. I wish I was kidding. They get a 20%. Bonus. They get a 20% bonus on the entire hospital stay with a positive COVID test. Unbelievable. That's why they're so hot to stick something up your nose. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Now, if you're in there and, and they can convince you, you know, um, to get that test, you know, if, if you were in business and somebody said, Hey, you know, do this thing that, um, you know, costs five bucks. And if you do it, you get 20% on the entire purchase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And then, Oh, well, you need this, you need another test, you need another scan and Oh, look at that. And now you got this, now you got that. Take these drugs. You know, I, I I've spoken to people, the bills that they got for, th- they got billed for stuff that they never got. Okay. All right. Oh, oh, yeah. Insurance paid for it. You know, it's all ka-ching, right? How much uh, percentage do they get to enhancement to stick it up my ass? Because that's what they try to do every time that I go to the hospital. I don't know why. It's just the look I have in my face. I don't know which hospital you go to. That's that's not the hospital. (laughs) That's your Saturday night drunken adventures. You think you're in a hospital, but you went through the wrong door and things went real (laughs) bad. Doctor, if you're playing doctor, you know, that's like, oh, oh, have you... um, um, Oh, what's his name? Marissa, are you there? What's the comedian's name that does the, um, I'm sorry, John, John, what, the, oh, what is his name? Come on, you know it. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, um. I'm sorry. Um, she'll think of it. The, uh, oh, I, I have to send it to you. It is the <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Um, he's, he was formerly, pardon? John Mulaney. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, John Mulaney. Absolutely hysterious, hilarious uh, um, thing that fits with what you're saying. I'll have to email it to you. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to keep your contact because I, I swear we just burned through over an hour, and <laughs> I feel like we could just keep going. Uh, sure. Bocephus, if you have anything else that you want to uh, hit before, go ahead. Yeah, man. Uh, John, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. James. James, sorry. James. James, thank you so much for came, <laughs> okay. coming on. Um Man, thank you so much for all this information. It's been, you know, a pretty big watershed for us. 
I know it's going to be a big watershed for our audience as well. Uh, I know that Longhorn has your contact information. He's going to text you after the show. Everything that you said on the show, your website, your book, your blog, everything, text it all to him. I will put everything in the description of the episode. Uh, any any other like national shows you're going on that you want to plug, um, anything else, just text it all to him. I promise you we will put you out there and make sure that everybody – Everybody that we can make sure that hears you will hear you. I can promise you that. And thank you so much, sir, for your time. It's, been, this interview. it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll be yeah. back anytime you have me. That was fun. Thank you. Yes, sir. Take care. Thank have you. a good one.